It is Friday, October 22nd, 2021. This is the Gram Slam Podcast, episode 17. I am your host, Brandon Anderson. Welcome back, and thank you for taking time out of your day, your weekend, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you. I appreciate everyone that listens to this podcast. The numbers have been going up. I've got more followers. And I I could not imagine back in May when I started a rinky-dink Instagram account to follow the Rocky Mountain vibes and morphed into this podcast idea that I had from 2020 prior to the season being canceled because of COVID that over a year and a half later, I would have a podcast that has got over 150 listens with over 17 now episodes recorded, and it continues growing. I appreciate, again, everybody that takes their time out of their day to listen to this podcast and to indulge in baseball news, articles, ideas, my wants, my passions for the sport of baseball during the offseason when there is nothing going on. But that is not today. This past Monday, I received an email that brightened my Monday up. The 2022 Rocky Mountain Vibes season ticket email finally arrived in my inbox. And like I said, it brightened up my Monday because I knew, I knew we were getting closer and closer to the 2022 season. But that email did not come without questions that needed to be answered. Now, of course, one of them I got pretty quick, but the other one is what our main topic is today. And let me tell you, I believe that all those questions I had will be answered when we go through the overall main topic of this episode, and that's dynamic pricing. Now, of course, dynamic pricing has nothing to do with your season tickets. If you're a season ticket holder, You already know this email, you've gone through it, but I bet you have not dived into what dynamic pricing is and the strategy that essentially has been worked out through different organizations of baseball, sports in general, and how this has an effect on the fan themselves wanting to go to games, showing up to games, and it it really asks the question, can it work? Does it work? And is this in the right direction for a baseball team, an organization, a league like the Pioneer League to essentially make bigger profit for their attendance and for more people to show up at the games because of this strategic strategy that they've put in place with dynamic pricing. I was skeptical at first when I read this, but I think you'll enjoy this episode. It may be a little bit lengthy. Of course, I am 24 hours away from, less than 24 hours away from, heading to Las Vegas, Nevada, for Impact Wrestling Big Pay-Per-View of the Year, Bound for Glory. It is the second time I have attended a Bound for Glory pay-per-view. Actually, 15 years ago to be exact, almost to the day, I was in Detroit, Michigan, enjoying Bound for Glory, which at the point at that time it was called TNA Wrestling. 
Now they have taken the name and changed it to the name Impact Wrestling. Same same overall company and same titles, things like that. But man, oh man, I cannot wait to get out there and to see this event. There's such good card for this pro wrestling event. If you're not familiar with pro wrestling or you like pro wrestling, don't forget to check out the Graham Slam Wrestling Podcast that starts this Tuesday. And I will be filming and recording the episode in Las Vegas after Bound for Glory pay-per-view, which is on Saturday, tomorrow night, when this episode's recording. And then, of course, Sunday and Monday night, they are taping Impact Wrestling for the next month up until their next event in November again in Las Vegas. So there's so much to cover again on today's episode. Just the overall aspect of introducing some new things to this show that we'll have and we'll touch basis on the 2022 wants and needs for a successful season i will tell you this that over this past week i polled everyone on instagram and asked some questions about what matters to you as a fan being at a baseball game we'll get into that and then of course my wants and needs for that 2022 successful season for the rocky mountain vibes and then of course a new weekly segment called the who what when where why and how on this week's segment we'll talk about the pioneer league and the california Winter League joining forces for a combine in Mackin, Georgia in a couple weeks. That is massive news. Massive news for the Pioneer League, potentially for the Rocky Mountain vibes. But let's go ahead and dive deep into our opening segment, which is around the Pioneer League and the big announcement with the 2022 season tickets, which starts now. So... Around the Pioneer League we go, making a stop here in Colorado Springs, Colorado for the Rocky Mountain Vibes 2022 season ticket announcement. The Rocky Mountain Vibes um, email also discussed the two new teams into the Pioneer League, which it sounds like we'll get them traveling to Colorado Springs during the 2022 season. Uh, the season itself, home games will be 48 total home games again. And with those 48 games comes different seating charts or seating sections, essentially, of how they're handling the season tickets. So for you have two options. You have the 48 games or the half season of 24 games. The... New addition to this is there is a premium seat sections and standard seats. Now, the premium seats, uh, which uh, retail at $400 for the entire season, are the first four rows of sections 102 to 117. Um, Those premium seats will also come with a premium season ticket holder gift uh, to be announced at a, a future date. Uh, standard seat section, which is all sections 100, 101, um, 118, and 119. So these are going to be your end sections. So the third, very last third baseline, those two sections, and then the first baseline, which is where I have my seats in 118. And then, of course, the remainder of the sections 102 to 117 above the first four uh, rows of the section 
So what it basically is stating is the closer you're getting to that action in those first four rows between the prime seatings of 102 to 117, which is located behind from one end of the Rocky Mountain Vibes dugout going towards the third baseline um, with the visitors uh, dugout. So any seats behind home plate that wrap around that section are considered premium for the first four rows. Maybe confusing, but if you're a season ticket holder, you've got this information. If you're considering becoming a season ticket holder of the Rocky Mountain Vibes organization for the 2022 season, this is something that should be released to the public soon on their website to purchase season tickets. Um, Going back to the half 24 games, they will cost $200 for those. And then, of course... When we look at the standard seat section, which, like I mentioned, is my seats, those are going to run $350 for the full season and $175 for the standard seats. These prices are a tad bit, uh, tidbit higher than last year. Now, of course, with this, rates will go up. Um, it's obvious in the long run, and it sounds like this more is to get on board with all local sports teams in town and their season ticket pricing, which makes perfect sense. When we really get down to a business model, you have to keep up with surrounding markets. Yeah, you can make them lower, but is that really going to turn a good profit for your team in the long run? Probably not. Um, This new season ticket model is explained um, as your tickets are being worth more than what you pay Uh, for each ticket in each premium and standard sections. Uh, The industry standard, which is explained, is that ticket prices for those premium sections will vary from the or for the general public depending on the day, location, opponent, where tickets can range from $20 per seat up to $100. There'll be more on this later, of course, um, with the dynamic pricing. This announcement comes with that this is the first official, like I was saying, the first official um, offseason for the Rocky Mountain Vibes organization. As obviously, we all know that um, there wasn't really a full offseason that they ever were able to do prior to this one, at least being the Rocky Mountain Vibes organization. Now, of course, they did have it with the Sky Sox, but you know, COVID changed everything. And then, of course, them creating the Rocky Mountain Vibes changed a lot, too. This, though, in my opinion, will leave no excuses for anyone in this organization to putting together a well-balanced plan for everything for 2022. There's a lot of stuff in place from 2021 that was a successful season, but we need to see some more concrete stuff, which will be the secondary topic today, talking about those wants and needs Um, to be successful in what I am looking for as a fan and a season ticket holder. Um, It also appears, reading between the lines, that the 2022 season is almost finished, um, or the schedule for it is almost finished, and it will feature Memorial Day, July 4th, and Labor Day games. This is the first time in quite some time that the Colorado Springs that Colorado Springs in general has got baseball on um, 4th of July. It'll be exactly four years to the date when the uh, Rocky Mountain Vibes play on it next year. 
um, dating back to the Colorado Springs Sky Sox when they faced the New Orleans Baby Cakes, which was the AAA team for the Milwaukee Brewers at the time. So let's dive deep into what exactly is the dynamics uh, pricing strategy. Like I said, can it work? Does it work? And is it the right? Is it going in the right direction for profit? So let's go ahead and dive into that article now. This article here comes to you from the Hockey News website. Now, of course, this is a baseball podcast, but the dynamic ticketing strategy has been used across the board on all sports. So this article, basically the newest one I could find from 2019, talks about embracing the dynamic franchises turning to new economic model. More NHL teams are turning to travel industry style pricing that's both good and bad news for fans. The article by Earl Jesmin states, The concept of dynamic pricing is nothing new to the travel industry. Airlines and hotels have used the economic model for supply and demand for decades to set prices for seats and rooms. Yes, we have all been there before. Needing to fly on short notice, we are forced to pay airfare that could be double what the person sitting behind us paid because they booked their trip months in advance. But fluctuating pricing based on supply and demand isn't limited to the travel industry. Sports leagues, including the NHL, have been employing it for years, and the practice is growing. But while most fans will freight over having to pay extra to see more desirable games, dynamic pricing also creates opportunities to get a deal when less popular teams come to town. Dynamic pricing versus variable pricing. The individual ticket pricing strategies currently used by most sports teams are variable pricing and dynamic pricing models. Which, with variable pricing, teams use data from past games ex- game experiences to price their seats. Variables such as the month of the season, the day of the week, and the opponent determined the price of seats for a game. With fans paying more for marquee matchups, especially during high-demand dates, variable ticket prices are announced in advance, usually at the start of season, and do not change once released. Dynamic pricing, in most contrast, is more fluid in reaching or reacting to changes in the variables that affect ticket demand. According to Rodney Paul, a sports economic economicist at Syracuse University, states dynamic ticket pricing offers a different model for consumers who are purchasing tickets. Instead of announcing fixed ticket prices of Uh, distinct price points for different games and having those prices persist throughout the selling period dynamic ticking ticket pricing allows for supply and demand to alter the prices in real time these market generated prices for tickets fluctuate throughout the season up until game time based upon the level of demand and the number of tickets remaining prices will raise and fall Rise and fall based upon various factors in the marketplace. Dynamic pricing adoption. Dynamic pricing emerged as a strategy by pro sports teams to combat combat the market dominated by scalpers and increase ticket revenues by capturing their profits. 
Many teams are now following the policy of withholding some tickets in advance of specific games. Technology and online ticket platforms allow fans to purchase these seats even after a game has started. Major League Baseball was the first North American professional sports league to adopt dynamic pricing when the San Francisco Giants implemented the strategy at the start of the 2009 season. In the fall of that year, the Dallas Stars became the first NHL team to use dynamic pricing. Following the Stars' lead, several other NHL teams implemented similar programs in the ensuing years. Now, according to some estimates, as many as half the teams are using these types of pricing strategies. Why dynamic pricing is critical to NHL teams' bottom line, and this most likely can go for MLB or even Pioneer League teams and stuff like that. Um, The NHL is highly dependent upon game day revenues. That differs from the three other major North American pro sports leagues that demand or depend on TV broadcast rights as their primary revenue driver. For example, CBS Sports estimates that the NFL's total revenue were close to $14 billion in 2006, with broadcast rights contributing to about 50% of that total. By comparison, NHL revenues, according to NHL.com, are estimated to have totaled $4.54 billion for the 2017-2018 season, and the broadcast rights with NBC and Rogers contributed $636 million, or 14%, while sponsorship deals made up of 12.3% at $559.5 million. Revenue from ticket sales, concessions, and merchandise sales were $3.3 billion, or a whopping 73.7% of the league's total revenue. That is why dynamic pricing is crucial or critical in this situation to the financial health of the NHL. Now, of course, going back to the Pioneer League, um, and I'm not quite sure if all teams are going to this in the Pioneer League. I know that anyone that is owned by the Elmore Sports Group, um, which owns the Rocky Mountain Vibes, and I believe the Boise Hawks is the other team they own. Um, Don't quote me on that. It could be completely wrong on that other team. But this could be a strategy to bring in more money. Yes, your attendance may have been up in 2021, but imagine if you had dynamic pricing where people are itching to go to those games. Let's say those last few weeks of the Pioneer League where the um, some of those teams had some value, valuable games heading into the playoffs that fans were wanting to be there to see if their team was going to be part of the playoffs. Now, of course, if you had that dynamic pricing in place, you could have made more revenue because people were going to buy based off demand. And I'll talk a little more about the the, the questions I asked on Instagram because it really kind of demonstrates, I think, that fans are not really worried about ticket pricing compared to the quality of the game and what is being offered at the stadium. So that is something I think the Rocky Mountain Vibes had a very good time with of offering a lot of stuff, having different uh, avenues and uh, stuff for beer, for food, uh, merchandise, 
you name it, they had all different options. I think that contributed to the high uh, attendance rates they had in 2021 as well. Um, but essentially, the article goes into the importance of the opponent. Um, in 2017, study conducted by Paul entitled An Exploration of Dynamic Pricing in the National Hockey League concluded that the quality of the opponent was a variable that had the greatest impact on dynamic ticket prices. prices. His theory rings true by looking at the most expensive NHL games for the 2018-2019 season via the Ticket IQ blog. Their data is based on the average secondary market price of tickets sold as individual team ticket revenue is not made public by NHL teams. Not surprising, Toronto Maple Leafs home games dominated the top 10 list for secondary ticket market prices, especially when the visiting team was the Montreal Canadiens or Pittsburgh Penguins, the Sydney Crosby factor, which I am a huge Pittsburgh Penguins fan and Sydney Crosby fan, so I get it. I have paid higher ticket prices for uh, games at the or for the Avalanche to go see the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins play. So I I get it. Um, So on average, the $400 range for Penguins games and ran as high as $581 for the Hobbs. While there are many variables that come into play for all the games in the top 10, the one consistent is that the visiting team is a rival or a club with a larger following. So to quote Warren Buffett, price is what you pay, value is what you get. Many NHL fans see the value in paying up to watch the best and most popular teams and players in the league, and they are willing to pay for expensive tickets to do so. Dynamic pricing provides that opportunity while uh, boasting the NHL team revenues. So Again, we're talking about the NHL. I completely understand. We are this is a completely different industry, different um, opponents. Obviously, if you had the Oregon Raptors coming to town, it's not like they're playing the. Uh, it's not like the Rocky Mountain Vibes are playing like the Pittsburgh Penguins of the Pioneer League. I, maybe they are. I don't know what you would consider that. But imagine in twenty twenty two. We start seeing some of these teams in the Pioneer League acquire contracts to maybe older players, not necessarily older per se, but like more famous players or known players in MLB or let's hypothetically, this was always my wish for the 2021 season, but it never happened, was with the contract the Rocky Mountain Vibes had with Monclova Steelers, was having potentially Eric Young Jr., who used to be a, a Colorado Rocky and played for the Sky Sox, or they had Barton Cologne as a starting pitcher in Monclova. So if you had worked out a deal for Monclova, and maybe, maybe this is what they were waiting for with this contract. Maybe they were waiting for some kind of dynamic ticket pricing where they could up the prices for tickets four-star attractions, a.k.a. Bartone Cologne, Eric Young Jr., or any of the other Monclova roster that has been big names in Major League Baseball. 
I think there is something to be said about dynamic pricing. But here is where my thought process went right away. And this is in no disrespect to the many of great players that were on the uh, Rocky Mountain Vibes team. Past or present, 2019 season or the 2021 season. But when you have a league like the Pioneer League that consists of pretty decent older players, I wouldn't say old as in 40 or above. I think you have more 25 to 35, maybe a little higher than that in age range. But... When we're looking at dynamic pricing, let's just hypothetically say that the Missoula Paddleheads, who were the 2021 Pioneer League champions, were traveling to Colorado Springs to play the Rocky Mountain Vibes. Now, of course, in the 2021 season, that did not happen. They did not come to Colorado Springs, nor did we go to Missoula to play them. So let's let's hypothetically state that the Rocky Mountain Vibes open the season up against the Missoula Paddleheads, the champions. And that's going to draw attention to the organization. Now, of course, if you have similar players from last year's team on Missoula and you keep them and they come to Colorado Springs, Fans may be Missoula Paddlehead fans. We have that all the time with teams that are here visiting. There's always fans to the opposite team. Ogden Raptors are one that I I noticed a lot of fans showed up for the Ogden Raptors. And I think it has to do with Colorado Springs does have a lot of Dodger fans. Don't get me started on the Dodgers. I'm a huge Braves fan, so a little touchy subject there. But... The Ogden Raptors used to be the AAA affiliation to the um, Los Angeles Dodgers. And that that's where kind of that fan base comes from. Now, of course, they're not affiliated with them anymore. But fans stuck around rooting for that team because they still have the color scheme of the Dodgers. And... And whatnot. And I, I noticed that when I went to Rocky Mountain Vibes games, when they were playing the Raptors the two times during the season, that a lot of fans were Dodger fans or were from Ogden and were here on vacation. So you could get that perspective of it where you have opposing team fans coming to the game because Colorado Springs is a very huge market for travelers um, from out of state or whatnot. And I think that is a great expectation um, that you could set prices higher for some seats for these these clubs or whatnot that come into Colorado Springs. Now, of course, we will have three total teams in Colorado as of the 2022 season with the NOCO Owls the Grand Junction Rockies, and the Rocky Mountain Vibes. Those are games you can easily charge more for. They are in-state games. They are rivals. We can make a rival. I don't know why that is not proposed. I know, I think it was uh, Missoula and maybe another team had a um, in-state championship that they would play for every year. It's Missoula and might have been Billings, Montana, but they had like a a highway championship that they played. 
I think that that could build competition, hating the other teams. Um, the other the other aspect of that too is the Grand Junction Rockies used to be a farm system for the Colorado Rockies, and a lot of people still think they're affiliated with the Rockies because they have the Rockies color scheme, nearly the exact same logo. The only difference is the GJ um, instead of the CR. Um, but I mean, there, there's so much that that could attract fans in. And when you get those fans that are out of state and they're like, Oh, let's go watch a baseball game. And it's a high rival game. Those ticket prices may be higher to get. And those fans are going to be willing to pay for it because they want to see their team play. And at first when I opened this email and I read it, I laughed. I laughed so hard. And again, no disrespect to any of the players that have played here. But it's hard to think that a minor league, or not even a minor league team, a non-affiliated team with Major League Baseball, or a league for that matter, would have dynamic pricing. I laughed. I, I said there's no way that anyone is going to pay above probably 30 to $40 for Rocky Mountain Vibes tickets. No way. There's just no way. Now, if we became the hottest team in the in the, the Pioneer League, I guess there's a possibility, but I don't see it happening. I, I really don't. But I had to step back and read some articles on dynamic pricing. The one I uh, mentioned just a bit ago in this uh, podcast, but... It makes sense. It really makes sense. And I think it is a way to essentially grow the fan base in Colorado Springs. It is going to offer more of a competitive ticket pricing because we all know there's the Colorado Springs Snow Socks. I, I don't know what their ticket pricing scheme is for the 2022 season. I don't know anything about it. But... You could have games on the same night and you are competing for that business from the Colorado Springs Snow Sox. And people are willing, oddly enough, to pay higher dollars for something when they think they're getting better products. So let me give you an example. I used to run a action figure customized business. So I would customize action figures, pro wrestling action figures to be exact, um, of different characters and whatnot. And I, I kid you not, the on the lower scheme of things, when I went lower pricing, people didn't want to come to my, or purchase per se, um, my product. When I started raising prices, and over time, people started buying. They appreciated the work I did. They were willing to pay that higher dollar for my work. And overall, it made me happy in the long run because I was getting paid more for these customs. But I feel that despite the fact that the normal Rocky Mountain Vibes fan probably could most likely be a a season ticket holder, so this isn't affecting them or us, the normal fan is going to either purchase their tickets in advance or they're going to be willing to pay their higher prices, especially if they are not Rocky Mountain Vibe fans and they're out here for another team. On the fly, hey, my team's in town, I'm going to go see them. So 
taking that step back without the culture shock of the email with what they were planning, I think that this will work very well for not only Rocky Mountain Vibes organization, but any other Pioneer League team that does the exact same thing. Over time, will ticket prices drop, or not prices, but um, attendance drop? There's a possibility. There's a strong possibility that this will turn off fans. But if you sell it right and you're not automatically just coming out at the beginning of the season and being like, hey, these games are higher price games. We are going to this. They may announce it. I don't know. I, I think that essentially having that notion that these teams are going to this dynamic pricing, um, it, it really, again, like the NHL is saying, it's provides the opportunity to boost the Rocky Mountain Vibes organization revenue, which is going to turn out to be in return. If they have higher revenue, they're going to be able to provide us better quality game. And this is a great way to segue into my poll that I gave everyone um, essentially this week on uh, Instagram and to really go over the what do fans want for a successful season and does ticket pricing really matter? That was what I was out to get. That is the kind of data I was searching for. And I will tell you, I believe I found it. And this is what I pulled. The first one was, um, Are you? do you care more about the variety of merchandise or the variety of food at concessions? The variety of merchandise won by 65% compared to the 35% for food at concessions. So let's break that down. So 65% of fans like the variety of merchandise when they go into a game. Hats, t-shirts, jerseys, jackets, sweaters, pants, um, baseballs, autograph baseballs, replica stuff, uh, game used stuff. Things like that meant more to them than the food at the concessions or variety of food. To me, that's huge because I had thought when I ran this poll that food was going to be the big one. Um, Food is something that is dear and true to most people's hearts. They're at a game for, depending, three to four hours, and food is a big thing. If you have just your normal ballpark food, chicken tenders, popcorn, nachos, pretzels, um, things like that. Get bored, if, especially, I guess, as a season ticket holder, it's a little different because it's the same stuff over and over and over. When you're a, not a season ticket holder and you're a fan that comes on random Friday nights, the food's probably not the least you're worried. But repping that merchandise, that fan is walking out of that stadium and they're promoting the business. They're promoting everything that has to do with your team. Rocky Mountain Vibes do a great job at it. I, I think that some of their merchandise is questionable. Some of the pricing is super high. But the quality of it is amazing. That's the big thing. Is If I wash my Rocky Mountain Vibes shirt I got during the season over and over, it shouldn't fade. Over time it will, but not right away. I've had shirts and merchandise from places I've bought where they fade when you wash it. 
So merchandise is a big one. And I think the Rocky Mountain Vibes hopefully are looking into that. I, I think they have what is correct for merchandise, but they need more options. Like maybe better jerseys, um, more options for jerseys. Uh, they have a great selection of hats, but I think their their t-shirt game has been on on par big time for the 2021 season. So I think if they continue that, that could be a huge thing. I think it would be cool if there was a player, let's just say hypothetically Monclova does sign the contract and comes back for the 2022 season. You bring the same players back. I think you could easily print up Jacob Barfield shirts, number 29. They could just be shirts with the Rocky Mountain Vibes logo on the front Barfield on the back and the number on the back. Now, I don't know how that all works, but I think it could work easily. So the next thing that I polled people on was the biggest question I was trying to see. And this is where I was completely shocked. The question was, do you like the quality of the game better? Would you rather have the quality of the game better? Or do you care more about ticket pricing? 90% of votes came in for the quality of the game. 10% was for tickets. Let that sink in because that is exactly what the dynamic ticket pricing strategy is all about. Because it doesn't matter about the quality of the game that the home team's playing. Because if you're a fan of, say, the Ogden Raptors and they come out here and they're winning 10, 15 to 2, that's that's quality of the game right there. You are seeing quality baseball for your team. Now, of course, on the opposite side of that, if you're out there and the quality of the game of the Rocky Mountain Vibes is not all that, eh, it's one of those things. But here's the thing, you don't know how the game's going to go. Game could go anyway. Yeah, did the Rocky Mountain Vibes end in last place this last season? Of course they did. But that doesn't mean that you didn't go out to a game and you didn't know they were going to lose. You didn't know if they were going to win. And you never knew how that outcome of that game was going to go. So the quality of the game, you won't know until you get out there. Now, if you continue to go back to games, continue to pay for tickets and pricing and stuff like that, that you're not a season ticket holder, and you continue going out to games. That is the real question of, does it come down to the quality game or ticket prices? And clearly, the fans have spoke, and it is the quality of the game. Now, I am curious to see if, when you break that down, if a fan continues to go to the games, and they continue to be a bad team, bad baseball, maybe even the games are just not that good. They run on. You're already paid for those tickets. You've already gone. You're still risking. It's like lottery. You're risking going to a game and being blown out or having a bad time. But guess what? A team still got your money regardless of what you paid for those tickets. So clearly, fans here in Colorado Springs or around the Pioneer League that follow the Grand Slam podcast do not care about ticket prices. And that that shows. The biggest... That was essentially the biggest. But the the second biggest I had was 
the promotional giveaways and the in-game entertainment. Now, let me clarify. So promotional giveaways is when you walk into the game, what they're giving away for certain games. Normally, this is always on weekend games. Could be like the uh, Toasty Mania poster. Uh, They had a school backpack at one point. There was a a couple games they gave away stuff. Um, Team posters, things like that. Compared to in-game entertainment, in-game entertainment is anything in between innings. So the Rocky Mountain Vibes did push-up contest for veterans to give money to raise for, I think, homeless veterans. They did, uh, like, uh, karaoke sing-along type things. They had uh, trivia, uh, card games for pie in the face. Those are all in-game entertainment. And the fans spoke here and said that they, uh, by 60 of 40%, 60% of them said the promotional giveaways is what they care about the most. And, you know, I kind of agree with that because in-game entertainment is not really that important to me. I'm looking for the game itself, and that's the quality of the game. Um... I'm not concerned really about in-game entertainment. That stuff is far in between. I could give a crap about that. Now, if you combine the two, that's a little different. Um, there is times where promotional giveaways and in-game entertainment coincide or interact. And the Colorado Springs Sky Sox did that a lot with the car giveaways. They gave away money. Rocky Mountain Vibes did that in uh, a lot of the games in the 2019 season. They gave money away. They had treasure hunts. They had things like that for money, tickets, Disney vacation. They did that all in the 2019 season. Now, of course, that was when they were affiliated with MLB. But, like I said, if ticket revenue drives in for the Rocky Mountain Vibes and they continue to make tons of money off tickets, revenue, goes up from merchandise, concessions. They'll be able to offer more of this stuff that they have in the past for promotional giveaways. I think that is a focus that they need to do in 2022 is essentially give away more stuff. And it sounds kind of crazy, but seriously, in previous years, you gave away T-shirts by sponsors. That's where most of that stuff comes from, is sponsors willing to sponsor the team. And I think that's something they should really dive deep into and look at because I think it works. It, it brings more people. You're giving away a uh, maybe a two dollar T-shirt that costs you to print off two dollars each, but the quality of that shirt um, is way much more than that. So I think that's a huge thing. And again, another good segue into my next topic, which which is the 2022 wants and needs for a successful season. So here are the top five ones. Number one, more options are the concession stands. The boring old four of the five options at the main stands gets old quick. Now this is coming from a season ticket holder, okay? Not just your normal fan. And again, as we know in the poll, concessions were not the main focus of people. It was close to up there, but not dramatically. Number two is more food vendors. I think the humble barbecue was amazing, but I think there's options for more of those type of vendors. I don't know maybe where you'd put them if you have room for them, but I do think more food vendors would be a huge thing. 
more options with merchandise. That goes back to the variety of merchandise on the poll. These were all written up prior to doing the poll and what people pick. So just keep that in mind. Um, number four, ways to speed up the game. Now, of course, the Pioneer League president, Michael Shaparo, uh, has talked about this. So hopefully 2022 brings that. There's got to be something to speed some of these games up. I, it's ridiculous going out there sitting for four or five hours to one baseball game. And then, of course, a better ticket system for exchanging tickets. Now, during the 2022 season or 2021 season, as a ticket season ticket holder, if you did not use all your tickets during a game, uh, let's say I had three, I only brought two people. You had to go to the box office to exchange those tickets. And to be honest with you, it's more of a hassle. It would be nice if the online ticket system that you had, and now this doesn't really revolve around the Rocky Mountain vibes per se, but I think that it would be nice to know, like on a daily basis, your summary of how many tickets you have and not having to calculate that yourself. So if you went to like 10 games and throughout those 10 games, you had maybe like five extra tickets because you didn't use them, that would be just loaded into your account you could go in and select um, extra tickets for another game or whatever the case may be. Now, of course, that could be an issue with the dynamic pricing, but I think as a season ticket holder, it, it should be pretty easy to do. Now, that is one thing I have not heard in the 2022 season ticket um, holder memo is about uh, trading unused tickets. That is not mentioned anywhere. It has been in previous years. So that may be something that's not even available. Hopefully it still is. Needs. These are something I think have to be done for me to really commit to a full season of baseball. Now, of course, I have my podcast. I will be at games here and there. But with that being said, these are my needs. So number one, first and foremost, security and staff enforcing seating. This was my biggest, and I, I know there's other people that listen to this podcast and follow the Grand Slam podcast that are season ticket holders and are as annoyed with this as I was. I don't know how many times I came to a game and someone was sitting in my seats already. There would be confrontation. I got into an argument with a military spouse about my seats, stating that she held precedence over my seats because her husband was deployed. I do not condone any of that behavior. It is disgusting and it is disrespectful to anyone in our military, especially to other fellow spouses in the military that have people deployed. Do not use your spouse as a scapegoat for taking someone's seat that they paid for. Now keep in mind this person that stated this, she had tickets in the bleacher section up top. She was not in the box seat area, which is mainly season ticket holders and upper, more higher priced seats. There's no reason to have to fight with someone, and especially when there's no one around to enforce the seats. If you are going to go to a dynamic, and this is a direct message to the Rocky Mountain Vibes, 
if you're going to a dynamic pricing scheme, you have, you have to enforce seating. You cannot have someone paying $100 for a ticket if that's really the case. If there's really a game during the season that is $100. I would lean to say that that July 4th game could be one of them. You cannot allow people to sit wherever they please with that type of pricing. This is not high school. This is not your mom and pop's baseball league down the road that some kids are playing. This is what the Pioneer League, in my opinion, is a professional baseball league, as it's been said. You have to have staff and security to enforce. And I understand my understanding from the Rocky Mountain Vibes organization is COVID-19 limited staff being there. Limited people from wanting to be there because they were getting paid more on unemployment. I get it. I truly get it. But for 2022, you have a full off season to fix the problem. It makes me mad. It makes me mad even talking about it because it is the most annoying thing ever. Second one kind of goes into that is I'm sorry but you have to have new rules on getting baseballs during the game. If the players want to throw balls to fans as they're leaving the field between innings, perfectly fine. If a baseball player wants to hand a ball to a kid that is sitting in the first row or sitting alongside where the players go in while they're going to the bathroom or going to get coffee or something for the game, perfectly fine. Do not give baseballs out next to the dugout. Do not encourage it. And I think that needs to be a rule. That is a rule in many different other Pioneer League baseball stadiums. And the Rocky Mountain vibes need to enforce this. I am so sick and tired of having front row seats and kids are standing in front of me, basically sitting on my lap because they want a ball. It is disgusting It is unacceptable because parents do not know how to properly address their children in having manners, not standing in front of people. And I know a lady that sits right next to where our season tickets, um, we made a joke up that she was a babysitter for the Rocky Mountain Vibes because... These kids would literally basically sit in her seats, sit in front of her, stand in front of her, blocking her view of the game, and they didn't care. They didn't care one bit. This goes back to security and staff enforcing seating policy. Get people back to their seats. Do not let little kids just sit wherever they please either. Rocky Mountain Vibes organization needs to do something better about Little League families that they invite to the games. These players are they're these the players for these these little league teams, these coaches usually sit in section 119, I believe, which is not considered premium seating area, but it still is an area that is close to your premium seating, and I guarantee that many of those kids have sit in premium seating areas. I understand once teams the game starts and you're not ticket selling anymore and stuff like that. You cannot let these 
kids sit in these seats or just roam wherever they please. Look, I get it. They're kids. I have four of them. It is hard to control kids at times, but when you're inviting full-end Little League teams up to two or three per game, and you're just letting whatever happens happen is unacceptable. This is what causes these issues with kids trying to get balls, um, with people sitting in seats that are not theirs. They didn't pay for. They don't care. They got invited to this game. Here's my ticket. I don't care where I sit. I'm sitting wherever I please. That is their initiative and their motive of what they're gonna. They do. It's been that way for a while. That is something that needs to be fixed. Uh, more incentives for season ticket holders. I, I think this was um, something that the premium ticket holders are getting the premium ticket, season ticket holder, whatever you call it, gift. But for someone that sits in a standard section, we are not moving our seats because I like where I sit. I like being right there with the players next to the dugout. But you need more incentive for them. What 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 is there for that? Two years ago, it was free beer with every ticket. Um, that's probably not the best way to go. I think you could have done beer and soda because not everyone drinks. I got a little sick of nearly having to drink two beers a game, or even getting a beer a game. But it was it was included in the price. I think there has to be some kind of incentive other than a gift for your season ticket holders to keep coming back. That is the biggest gripe I've ever had with this is a lot of places do a lot of things. And I'm sorry, but having a on-field batting practice or throwing out the first pitch, it, it's fun. It's great. But it, it there should be more to that. And I, I do like that they have their end-of-the-year season ticket um, fall thing during the World Series. I, I think that would be awesome if the Braves make it the World Series. They get to go watch the Braves um, on their, their big screen or whatnot in the outfield or scoreboard. And you get free food. Perfect. Especially for having four kids, being married. It works perfect. Feeds our family for one night. So that pays for itself. More things like that. And sticking to what you promote is the biggest on that. Because I know there's been times where season ticket holders did not get their um, their toasty bucks last year. There's been numerous instances where the season before that, people didn't get anything that they were offered. So you've got to keep track of that. Um, four is more giveaways and promotions. This is going back to also a want. Um, you've got to have this as a need. This is something that I think will dramatically increase your ticket pricing, especially for this dynamic uh, ticket pricing. This could draw more fans for a higher value to give away something. Bobbleheads, you name it. Number five, better access to players for season ticket holders and fans. What I mean by this is the problem I've had is you don't get to know your players that well. The 2019 Rocky Mountain Vibes did a great job at hosting a, a, a breakfast 
for meet and greet with the team. They introduced who was playing, the coaches, the managers, the players. You got to know the team pretty well. But I think holding more events with the players and giving the fans access to these players to talk to. I know we are during a pandemic. It's a little kind of harder per se than a normal season like 2019. But there's so many things you could do to promote these players. And when I say access, I mean like ways to meet them, ways to interact better. Um, these, uh, these events for season ticket holders during the season, even when the players are still at home or they're off and they're willing to go out and interact with fans. That is what is going to draw more attendance and liking the team. Even if they're losing, you draw that interaction with your team is massive. And I think that's a big need for the Rocky Mountain vibes this season. And with players, that is a perfect... See, this is going great. This is another segue into the new segment called the Who, What, When, Where, Why, and How segment. This will be a segment I'll introduce every week and we'll host it. So, who? The Pioneer League and the California Winter League. What? The 2021 Combine. When? November 6, 2021. Here in a couple weeks, where Macon, Georgia, or Macon, Georgia, however you pronounce it, and why talent? Who or the how? The how is the Pioneer League going into a multi potential? I believe is the multi uh, year deal with the California Winter League for to produce these combines to bring more talent into the Pioneer League. Now, of course, Winter League is what it all is about. The Pioneer League is considered a spring-slash-summer league. Actually, more of a summer league, not a spring. Um, where they can showcase talent in the Winter League for California, the California Winter League. And then the Pioneer League can sign some of those players and distribute them throughout maybe even a draft that they can do. Um, if anyone's aware of, I've talked about it before, is the XFL, the Extreme Football League, I think that's what it's still technically called, the XFL. Um, they hosted a draft to see where players are, and I, I don't think it's a bad thing to do at the beginning of each season where some teams are signing, re-signing players. Um, I've seen the Voyagers have been pretty active on re-signing players and whatnot, but I think that's a huge thing that the Pioneer League with this California Winter League partnership um, with hosting these combines all across this, the country and then having these tryouts that the Pioneer League had uh, during the season as well. I think it's a great way to bring more talent in and to make that more connection to fans, get them hyped up for these players, do some promotional events, uh, meet and greets prior to the season with these new players and get them out into the community because that's what this is all about is the Pioneer League is doing a lot for communities in local areas. Again, I've talked about this before um, with the Rocky Mountain Vibes. You can get your players out more into community and doing things and meet and greets and 
have these tryouts and really promote these players that are picked and follow them. This is what the Pioneer League should do on social media, on their websites, is basically have who are these players, what what their goal is, um, when they are starting to play, whether it be in this California Winter League or when they're coming to the Pioneer League, um, where they're going, why essentially you're bringing them into the league, their stats, their history, and essentially how you decide to have these players perform in your league is the biggest thing. And I I think the Pioneer League did get some, I think maybe six or seven from the um, tryout league essentially that they had or tryouts during the season. And this is just another step in that direction that I believe that is going to build and bring more talent to the Pioneer League. Now, of course, I still question the Rocky Mountain vibes and if they are staying with Monclova because I don't know if Monclova is going to be part or allow the Rocky Mountain vibes to have scouts to allow them to sign players to the Rocky Mountain vibes or to bring in more players for the league. So there's a lot to be answered, um, but I think this introduction of the who, what, when, where, why, and how basically is this new partnership with the California Winter League that the Pioneer League has signed to bring more talent, and it's just a right around the corner. So I will provide coverage of that in two weeks, I believe. Let me take a look at a calendar. No, three weeks. So on the episode on November 12th, I'll be covering any announcements or an indie indication of those players that they have scouted and what that means for the uh, Rocky Mountain Vibes, the Pioneer League, or any other team within the Rocky Mountain uh, Vibes. So be more of that. Um, could be also with this uh, collaboration with the California Winter League, I'll have to look more into them as well maybe covering something with the California League to promote some players uh, that may be coming to the Pioneer League. All that and more will be down the line decisions that I make for this podcast. Just more off-season stuff that I think could help drag or not make it drag till the next season. Obviously, we have about nine months in between seasons, so there's a lot to go over. And we'll go over that once more details come available to what happened at the um, Combine um, in Georgia and what kind of talent they essentially get out of that. So I appreciate everyone with listening to that today. And my main topic, I think all these topics kind of flowed into each other and did very well in that aspect. So thank you again. Um, Let's go ahead and get into the uh, Monclova um, Steelers and their overall week. So they were on fire this week. They have officially started their season out with four wins and two losses. Um, So they are doing great. I, I started to see a trend that almost looked like they were mimicking the Rocky Mountain Vibes season this year. Um, with starting out two and two, but they quickly came back and won another two games. So that kind of 
switched up my article I had essentially for this, but there's a lot to be talked about with this team and how they are developing. I think they are doing great. Obviously, I have no statistics or stats on this. Again, it is so far in between of finding anything where I can get any kind of stats. There's some articles on the Monclova's website about the games, but they are even those are far in between. Each game is not covered um, like normal baseball is. So it's hard to really go over the games on the podcast. I know I, I definitely post the scores and everything on Instagram, and I think I'm going to just continue doing that until I can find something that really puts in concrete um, where I can share stats like I was doing with the Rocky Mountain Vibes games. At this point, um, going forward, I may mention Monclova's record and how they're doing week to week, um, but there won't be any stats or anything like that. Um, but that's kind of how it is. I, I'm, I'm glad that they're they're winning. I, I had some fear that we could see a repeat of the uh, Rocky Mountain Vibes season, um, first 28 games or whatnot, but that is not the case. So very good on their part. Um, they play twice this weekend, so I will try to get as much coverage as that on Instagram posts as possible with being in Vegas for Impact Wrestling. Um, but thank you again for everyone, uh, tuning in today. The last subject or topic I have is the 31 days of horror. We are going into our last full week of horror movies. And this past week was get out by Jordan Pell, 1922, a Netflix, uh, movie scream, uh, Maligant, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, it's a movie that was on HBO Max. And then last night it was supposed to be It Chapter 1. Got way too late in the night and I was not staying up for almost two and a half hours to watch It Chapter 1, which I have seen in the past. It is a great movie. Um, I highly recommend everyone to check out the new It if they haven't already. There's two parts to it. Um, but going back to Get Out, Get Out was a very good movie. Um, I believe this was Jordan Pell's first movie he did, and it was just a bizarre movie um, that really touched basis on slavery and kind of that aspect of more like a horror-type film all mixed into one, but overall, very good movie. 1922 uh, was about a it was kind of a, a more of a sci-fi horror type movie where um, a guy ended up uh, killing his wife and she kind of haunted him or whatnot after uh, after he killed her with a bunch of rats and everything pretty good movie I give that get out I give five out of five stars 1922 I also give five out of five stars scream. Of course, this is a cult classic from the 90s. This was my favorite movie series. I'm so glad there's another one coming out in January. Um, that's another five out of five movie. And then Maligant, Maligant, it's hard for me to pronounce. Um, that movie, probably a four out of five. It was good. Um, I think there was some like weirdness to it that just didn't entertain me much. But the movie overall was really 
uh, scary. Um, I had chills throughout the movie in some of the parts because there was a lot of jump factors to it. Um, and it was probably the most weirdest movie I've ever seen. Um, but it, it was good. Um, four out of five, definitely. And then, of course, It Chapter 1. Like I said, we did not watch it last night. Um, we actually ended up watching You, Season 1, Episode 1, to revisit that uh, series. Such a great show on Netflix. But It Chapter 1 was always a great movie. It was a remake of the original It, um, I believe in the early 90s, a Stephen King movie about It the Clown. This movie definitely got a 5 out of 5 stars from me as well. I'm not quite sure what's on tap tonight. It was supposed to be It Chapter 2. But, of course, with the overall um, sub of last night of not doing it, not quite sure what uh, we'll watch tonight. And then, of course, I'll be in Vegas the next uh, four nights, or three nights technically, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um... Those nights were all scheduled to be Halloween 3, 4, and 5. Um, we'll see if I tune into any uh, horror flicks while in Vegas, um, depending on how late Impact Wrestling goes. I know tomorrow night is supposed to go later than normal and start later than normal due to AEW um, Dynamite has been moved to Saturday night due to MLB playoffs. Uh, so it'll be a action-packed night. Also tomorrow, the Braves return back to Atlanta, and I am hoping that they can get that win to advance to the World Series. Go away, Dodgers. I can't stand you. If we blow another 3-1 and one lead in a series, I am going to have a heart attack over the Braves. Let's go, Braves. Let's get to the World Series, let's win it, and man, it's 1999 was their last World Series win, and I cannot wait to see one of my teams go to the, like, championship game and win. It has been way too long, (laughs) and we're talking the Tennessee Titans have never won. They were 2001 against the Rams, losing in a horrible fashion that's still haunts me to this day um but the 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 Braves really deserve it they have a great team they have uh overcome major injuries throughout the season signing a lot of players and getting a great roster and I look forward to World Series I don't know who they'll play I was kind of leaning towards Boston do not like Houston that much Um, But we shall see. But again, I appreciate everyone for sticking around on this podcast. And like I said, I will be promoting on Tuesday the start and the debut of the Graham Slam Wrestling Podcast prelude episode, um, which will go over the review of the Bound for Glory uh, pay-per-view and tapings. Try to keep that a little spoil-free, but... Uh, congratulations to everyone on the Impact roster for this great event that's coming up. This is, as far as I know, their first time being in Las Vegas, and they are taking over the scene in Las Vegas from what I can tell. So good luck to everyone this weekend. Good luck to the Braves, and good luck to the Titans this weekend as well. I do believe they're playing. I don't think it's their off, season, off week, but 
Um, we had a great win this past Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. Um, but that is it for this podcast. I, again, am your host, Brandon Anderson. Follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and download the podcast wherever you uh, get your podcasts from. Subscribe so the episodes automatically download in your uh, folders when they essentially go up. And then, of course, if you're on Apple or iTunes uh, podcast, give us a five-star rating to up our uh, rankings with our podcast. And again, I appreciate everyone for listening. Have a very great weekend and uh, next week, and we will be back here next Friday night. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.